0: hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love podcast this is going to be a really cool episode because not only do we have uh, a great fujifilm photographer that we are interviewing but we're also doing a book giveaway so let me just introduce the show i am mark sadowski and this is the show all about the fujifilm x-series gfx cameras and the photographers who love to use them. And this is all brought to you by Fujilove Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm, GFX, cameras, you know the drill. Head on over to Fujilove.com for awesome tips, tricks, I'm sounding like a video game there. Uh, it is the place where you're going to find great articles written by Fujifilm photographers. You're going to find reviews on the Fujifilm products. It is a great place. And if you're just looking for some great photos, that's also a great place to go. Fujilove.com. They makes this podcast possible. And yeah, it's it's we're we're coming close to the very end of the year and 2020 has been well let's just say challenging um it's i i just hope everybody is having a a, a safe experience wherever you are in the world everybody is feeling the pandemic in your, your own particular way some have it worse than others so uh, all I just want to say is that we here at Love are wishing everybody a safe, happy holidays. We have Christmas around the corner. Uh, you, you know, just we're, we're hoping everybody stays safe and uh, on to 2021, where we, <laughs> we let, let's cross our fingers and hope it's better. Um, but in the meantime, hey, let's have a great interview. Uh, Our interview for this week is none other than Valérie Jardin. She is a fantastic Fujifilm street photographer, and she has released a book called Street Photography Assignments, 75 Reasons to Hit the Streets and Learn. And that book has been on e-books for quite some time. She has just released the hard copy edition. So you can go get that now on whatever bookseller that you uh, would like. But if you want to win a copy of the ebook version, send us a message to fujilovefeedback at gmail.com with the subject line contest. And you will be entered to win a copy of the ebook. We're giving away two copies and uh, we're going to randomly pick. So please have your picks made by the end of next week, which I should have a calendar handy. Um, so have your submissions by the 18th. If you would like to enter to win a copy of Valérie Jardin's book, the ebook, uh, just send us a message. Again, fujilovefeedback at gmail.com. With the subject line contest, and you will be eligible to win. Uh, we will reply to the winners uh, to, to to announce uh, the well. Actually, the the, the publisher will uh, after we pick. so I mean, that's the process. So <laughs> send us a message, and uh, two lucky winners will walk away with an ebook copy and exciting stuff. I had the chance to read it. And it is it is amazing, uh, and and again, Valerie Jardin is uh, a, an amazing Fujifilm photographer, uh, and I, I did geek out a bit because she is quite influ- influential, and, and she is one of those that has introduced me to street photography. That's something that wasn't really on my radar, uh, and, and Fujifilm kind of introduced me to that to the various photographers out there. So, yeah, I uh. I geeked out a bit, so I make no apologies, though. She's a fantastic photographer, and everybody should check out her work, check out her books. She has a ton of podcasts out there and, you know, amazing stuff. So without further ado, let's get right into that interview. I'd like to introduce Valerie Jardin to the show. Valerie, I am just a huge fan of your work. You are probably one of the uh the the original uh patron saints of Fujifilm <laughs> uh, the, the the way I envision it it's my Catholic background um,
1: like a lot of people have called me the uh, Fuji girl because it, I was, yeah it, it of, is
0: uh, I, I Fuji see has
1: been my camera for so long
0: yeah I see you Kevin Mullins as like the the the, the the, the archangels <laughs> on uh, the the fuji uh, platform and it is your the variations between your uh, photography styles is really what sold me on uh the for for my personal career uh that that this this is viable this is perfect for um for my professional work and it just, I mean, granted, it took me a little bit longer uh, to, to get into the swing of things, but uh, yeah, it, you, you were uh, one of the influences that uh, helped me make that jump in the very beginning.
1: Oh, well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> it's, it's always fun when you hear, you know, how, how much you've influenced people. And then, uh, but I remember, you know, back when I was, uh, binge listening to podcasts and and how much actually podcasts changed a, a lot of things for me until I started my own and now I don't have time to listen to anybody else's but <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all good I mean that's yeah. the way it is you, you yeah, you're doing your own work and then uh, you, it's it's difficult especially doing something, uh, uh, listening to something photography related because you're so knee deep in your own production that the last thing you want to do is be reminded of work again.
1: (laughs) Um, Uh, It's all good. Everything I do, I do it for fun anyways. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And uh, so I'm so happy to to have you on the show because you are uh, promoting a brand new print edition of street photography assignments 75 reasons to hit the streets and learn uh this has been a book that has been in production on the digital side for a little while now but it has finally come to hard copy edition is that correct
1: yes. correct yeah i wrote this book for rocky nook publishing and um it's been really fun to work with with rocky nook i published uh, another book prior to this one for another publisher but um this was a really great experience there and and Rocky Nook has been uh, supporting my podcast for quite a while too so it was only uh it only made sense that I finally write for them and so this book was out about um uh, I think it came out in September in an e-version and um it's already in translation and then the print version just came out um, now, I mean, early December. And uh, people who pre-ordered it will have it before Christmas. So that was the whole plan.
0: So everybody should jump onto Amazon right now and uh, get the book or go get the uh, ebook version and just dig right into it. Because the one thing that really struck me when I uh, read this book is that you could just get right into it. It, it is something that is non non-lin, linear, which is amazing in and of itself, and it is something that uh, allows anybody interested in street photography or needs some that some of that extra inspiration or uh, get some needed ideas uh, to to get that jump start. Uh, to To help with one's photography and and just go out and do the photography. Um, mm-hmm. It is a uh, little bit of lesson coaching in how to do street photography because it is one of those things that uh, is very. Um, it's easy to do, difficult to master. Street photography.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do it poorly
0: very easy to do it poorly and and (laughs) I have a whole (laughs) hard drive full of (laughs) full of lessons like that Um,
1: people don't realize how difficult it is to actually uh, do it right and uh, because people assume well uh, there are a lot of misconception actually about street photography and I've been teaching it for 10 years now and a lot of people think it's about being in your face, which it isn't. I mean, that's one way to do it, but definitely the way I would recommend. Um, and other people think it's always oh, it's just taking pictures of people walking down the street. Well, that would not be very interesting now, would it? So uh, there is a lot that comes into play to make actually a strong street photographs. And, and there are a lot of decisions that happen in that fraction of a second, yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and uh, I think uh, when I was talking to my wife about this, I, I think the best way I described it was it's it's like landscape and wildlife photography only in the city. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's about it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're not photographing yeah. wildlife; you're photographing people, which sometimes can be wildlife, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's
1: actually uh, it, it's not that that different. You know, it's a lot about. Um, Learning about behavior and anticipating, um, like the wildlife photographer will do. Yes. So it's not that different in a way.
0: And trying to catch the the wildlife in action, uh, doing various things wildlife pe- wildlife does in the city, um, but it's also. Uh, playing with and to to, to kind of play on the landscape part of it you're you're looking at the the environment as a whole and playing with different leading lines and contrasts almost architectural photography but not quite it's more trying to and correct me if i'm wrong because i'm probably wrong (laughs) Um, but it's more trying to encompass the 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 lifestyle with the architecture and the surroundings and various lights produced by
1: Absolutely. The world. I mean there there's so much you know it's all about story. It's all about it's really all about story. Now, um often you have to compromise. You either have you know, a great subject and a great story developing in front of your eyes, but the background is not that great or the light is not that great, but it's okay because you still have the story. Sometimes very, very, very rarely all the elements will come together um, where you have story, strong subject, light, background, Um, but that doesn't happen very often. So you you do have to make compromises because you have control over nothing except your gear and your vision yeah you can't control what the subject is going to do at least if you're a real documentary photographer you nothing is ever staged nothing is ever removed nothing is i mean there's hardly any post-processing for that matter um you're not going to clone things you hardly ever crop so it's really um most street photographers are quite purist in that way Um, yeah and um you know, you make decisions. I mean, at least I do make decisions of whether it's color or black and white before you even press the shutter. I mean, this is a lot that comes um, that uh, you have to think of, and really a very short time because ev- things, things, um, you've, you're documenting something that's never happened and will never happen again. Yeah. No one can replicate it. You can't replicate it. It's it's it, it's a fraction of a second that will never happen again. And so um, you have to uh, be discerning and know how to work fast while remaining invisible. So it's a lot. (laughs) Being a magician with a camera. (laughs) It it
0: totally is. Um, So so what was the inspiration for making this particular book? Uh, what, What sets it apart from other uh, street photography lessons out there.
1: Well, I already wrote the books on how to. So I figured, well, I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm gonna not going to reinvent the wheel. You know, yeah. I already wrote those books, and I wrote some eBooks that are much more specialized. Even like I have an eBook on motion. I have an eBook on how to create amazing silhouettes on the streets and so forth. So, um, but I've been teaching workshops all over the world for. 10 all over the world for about 10 years now and uh and so i the i use those exercises on the streets uh with my students and um and i figured well not everyone can go on a workshop of course nothing is going to beat a workshop and hands-on um teaching on the streets on location but um Everyone should have a chance to get better and practice. And one of the most common thing I hear, whether it's, uh, you know, during workshops or uh, via my uh, social media or my podcast, is I don't have time. I don't go to the street and there's nothing there. And so that, those are all excuses because there is always a story to tell. I mean, you, you don't have to go very far. You sure don't even have to get into a big city. You don't have to travel to, uh, to practice. So I I came up with 75 exercises, but it's actually more than that. And, and it's a lot more because people are going to do one. And then a few months later, they're going to revisit it and try to do better. And so it could be potentially years of exercises, uh, in this book. And, um, it's, In a way, if you're a total beginner, I would recommend you start from exercise one and go down um, because they're um, they get harder and harder. But um, anyone who's who's done this already could just, you know, I could just open the book, close their eyes, open the book and just pick one exercise and just go out, whether they have 30 minutes or or five hours, it doesn't really matter. And that was the whole point. It's like you have no excuse now. You have a camera, you have two feet, and you have the book, which you can have on your phone if you have the e-version. Or yeah. if you're already walking down the street and you're in a rut, then just pick an exercise. At least that will get something going. And so that was the goal. It's really is to be fun. Um, it's technical but not very technical. I keep it really light because – Anyone can master the technical part of photography. That's really the easy part. Not everybody can see. And it's really about seeing.
0: Yes, that is, it, it is uh, the, way I, the way I see it, part of the pun, uh, mm-hmm. is you're training your mental facilities to see in, in the way that will help you get the photos that you need. Um, mm-hmm. and as kind of like a side jag to kind of emphasize that one of the things that I've noticed that I've been doing lately, um, is anytime I'm going on walks, uh, I've been hiking in new places and I've noticed that, uh, because I'm mostly a, a wedding photographer and a portrait photographer, I am always walking into new territory and I am seeing where I could put people. For Mm -hmm. different portraits, or wouldn't it be cool if I caught the bride and groom walking down this way, or seeing a a family sitting down over there, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, now if I can do the same thing with landscapes (laughs) and see leading lines like I see uh, couples, that that would be really awesome. But that's, in a sense, training new muscle memory to to do Mm -hmm. that. Uh, and the only way to do that is to do more. So this, uh, your book is perfect to help me uh, me in particular because street photography is something that has always fascinated me, but I've never been able to do well at all, <laughs> which is funny well, because I, I'm definitely used to people, but...
1: Yeah, and, and um, I think no matter what, no matter what you do... Um... Uh, Every time you out with your camera, you learn something and uh, something that's going to make you a better photographer, no matter what your real passion is, you know, whether it's landscape or, or travel or um, still life or street. So um, it's really about getting out and because, yeah, it's nice to look at work on Instagram, but. You're not really learning. You're not learning until you get out. And, and get out and get it right in camera. Not, it's about being a photographer, not a, um, not a post-processor. I don't know if you can even say that word. <laughs> but, you know, it's Makes about sense. getting yeah. it right, nailing it in camera. And I think that's important. Um, and a very, too often, because most people now shoot digital, they become lazy And uh, say, oh, I can fix that later. And this is really also to help photographers get things right in camera. So you have so much more satisfaction. There is so much more merit to it, too. If you get it right in camera and you don't have to do post. I mean, I never spend more than five seconds on a picture. I would hate it if I had to uh, spend more time than that in Lightroom. Because that's, I'm a photographer. I hate spending time. Um, in, in post-processing. So trying to get it right in camera is actually going to teach you to be a better visual artist.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd like to kind of pick your brain. Uh, what kind of gear do you use for uh, street photography? Now it's it's uh, going to vary yeah. for everybody, but I'm curious to see what's in your camera bag uh, that, that oh well, you. it's
1: simple. It's not even in a bag because it's always on my shoulder. <laughs> I shoot with the X100 uh, for. It's been my camera for seven, eight years now. So it's the the fifth edition now. It's the V. Yeah. And so that's the one I've been shooting with. I would say ninety five percent of the time. The only time I shoot with a uh, an inter- inter- interchangeable. Uh, lens camera and, and I use my my old X Pro two is when I use my lens baby lenses so yeah oh. and um, so I um, I use my X one hundred that's a twenty three millimeter lens which is a thirty five equivalent which is really perfect for street photography street photography is not something you do with a long lens uh, I would say anywhere from Uh, 18 to 50 millimeter those are good focal length for straight so uh, a lot of people like wider I always say it's the fear of getting the shot the fear of not getting the shot has to get stronger than the fear of getting it Um, so most people won't start super wide uh, or won't start super close. You can still have a 23 millimeter, which is a 35 equivalent, but you're going to be further away. But, if, but you learn to get closer and closer because that's really the feel of street photography. You're right there. You're right in the scene with your subject. So it's uh, it's not something you're going to do with a 200, for example.
0: Yeah, and just so many things could get in your way with with a 200. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... Pretty. And, and
1: and you need a lot of um, of the the street too. I mean, you need some information. It's not going to be a a portrait with out of focus background. You want that background to be in focus a lot of the time because it's just as much about the environment around the subject as it is about the subject itself so um if you use a long lens you're going to have a portrait feel which is not what street photography is
0: right and you want in in this particular case less bokeh and i'm looking through some of the sample photos you're very often in like uh f8 f5.6 for uh uh f-stops very seldom i i, I see uh
1: 2.0 well it depends no i'm at i'm at f2 when it's dark um yeah the usually um i'm at f4 is probably my most common focal length five six but then a five six on a on a crop sensor is an f8 f10 really yeah. On a on a full frame, so at five six with that camera, everything is in focus. The only time I would have to be at a bigger number, smaller aperture, would be if I want to do a sunburst, you know, a, a star effect uh, with a silhouette, and that's about the only time. So yeah, I'm I'm actually I shoot pretty open for a street photographer. F um, four is really my my most common uh, yeah. focal um, aperture.
0: When you're going out to photograph what are some of the things that you do prepare for um because when you talk about like sunburst it's do you go out with the intention of getting a, a sunburst photo and look for ways to to incorporate that into the scene or is that something that just kind of happens kind of talk to me about what goes into your planning uh for uh a session
1: Oh, I'm I'm so I'm a I'm a very intuitive uh, photographer. I, my work will totally depend on the mood of the day first. Yep. Uh, and and you can people look at my work and they can probably tell what kind of mood I was in. Um, mm-hmm. And then I will follow the light. Um, I will my mood will will totally direct if I'm gonna shoot color or black and white or i'm gonna look for color or for black and white because i make those decisions before i press the shutter um i um i will chase light first uh but there are days where it's overcast and then it that calls more for color because colors are going to be more beautiful when, when it's overcast. And, yeah. and so your your brain shifts to looking for something else. So I like to be surprised. I like the street to surprise me. That said, there are times where you're like, eh, I don't really feel like getting out today. Well, I always have series. I have ongoing series. Some of them have made, uh, fine art books by now because I've been working on them for so long. I have uh, street dogs that I, I photograph dogs uh, around the world. And uh, that's a book I published last year. So I have another one that's um, hands. Hands are beautiful. And I like to get really close to people and photograph hands, which I haven't done much of this year because of the pandemic you can't really get a few inches (laughs) from people at this time but that's what i do when i'm in crowds because i'm not a crowd photographer i'm quite minimalist so when i'm in a crowd i i get really close to people to isolate them um i have a hand a series on book readers um so i photograph people in cafes or through windows or in trains or whatever people reading real book. So, it's important to have several series because if you're if if you're kind of in a rut or something, you just at least you have something like oh well, I don't know, I don't feel like going out, but yeah, I could add a few dogs to my dog series. So then you're kind of on a hunt and it's a treasure hunt and it's yeah. really fun. So, it's really about making it fun and that's why at, towards the end of the book actually, I have a few themed photo walks that people can take. Um just to spice things up. And then because of those themes and all the exercises they did before that, they have the skills to make some good photographs by incorporating the theme with the techniques they learned. So whether it's panning or silhouettes and silhouettes and sunburst and whatever. Yeah.
0: That's a great way to, to approach it, uh, especially having, your, uh, having a series in mind. Because uh, that does give you a good anchor that you can fall back on if if you are um, if you are experiencing some difficulties.
1: But yeah, and that that works in your own city where you've walked the same streets over and over and over again. But it also works well when you're in a new city because, and you've probably experienced that. If, for example, you're in. Barcelona for the first time in your life. What's well, a bit overwhelming at first. I mean, you're going to get really scattered because you're going to you're going to want to photograph everything. So as a result, you'll have a lot of boring pictures of a lot of different things. Whereas, so I I think focusing on a theme. but It could be anything. it could be a color. It could be, um, you know, it 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 could be really anything. Focusing on on one theme uh, will get you focused and at least you'll have a a good series of that day you know and but you'll see other things and you'll photograph other things that that you walk by that are interesting but at least it will keep you focused because I find that maybe even more than when you're in your own city when you're in a new place you get even more scattered and and you it's so overwhelming to uh to be in a new city yeah. that um sometime you need that focus so that helps as well
0: you mentioned that your book is a a, a workshop for those that can't make it to a workshop um mm-hmm. with and, and of course we're recording this in, in december of 2020 um we are it, all experiencing some form of the pandemic still. Um, I'm curious, how has the pandemic uh, affected your ability to do street photography? And what has it done to your work um, visually and, and emotionally?
1: Oh well, I miss the teaching. I mean, I'm still out every day, and I find ways um, to to do my visual push-ups, um, even if it's not uh, on the streets necessarily. I mean, I shoot a lot of still life, and I I'm very sensitive to light, and so I I find beauty everywhere. So I I, I can you know use my camera every day. I'm I even around here. I'm. Around my home. I, I'm, I'm totally fine. But I missed the teaching part. And uh, yes, I mean, I, I, I had a normally I teach a workshop every month and I'm on a plane every month in a different uh, country. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so uh, it ended abruptly in March. And uh, I'm starting again in April. 2021. So um, it's looking good now. I mean, uh, workshops are filling up through the fall next year, and people are anxious to be out again. They're anxious for, you know, the vaccine and the borders to reopen. And and uh, so I think, I think it's actually going to be better than ever because we're never going to take travel and being out and about and enjoying cafes for granted ever again. So. If that is the one good thing that comes out of it, you know, uh, I'm so looking forward to it. I've been traveling a little bit because, as a French citizen living in the U.S., I never had res- travel restrictions, so I've been back to Europe um, a few times. But this year, but um, and and I avoided cities, to be honest, because I. It's not so much um, because I didn't want to photograph people during a pandemic. I mean, it's been done. I don't think I don't think we're gonna need pictures to remember this. I think we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll remember it just fine without the visual element. But um, you know, I wear a mask all the time, and I've been wearing a mask since April. And and I've seen everywhere I I I look, I see people wearing masks, and I don't want to photograph people with masks I just like I don't want to photograph people looking at their cell phones uh, I I I kind of wanted to see a little bit of normal again so I've pretty much gravitated again uh, around um beach area so I live in in Minnesota where we have you can't walk a mile without hitting a lake so we have <laughs> you know all summer I just walk near you know uh, sailing schools and, and people at the beach where you could see smile and smiles and things were a little bit more normal. And I did the same. Um, I, I have a place on the coast of Normandy and I'm right on the beach and everywhere, even on the boardwalk, people were wearing masks as they should. But, uh, on the beach, it was the only place where people did not have masks. And I I literally walked every day on the beach for hours and hours and hours and it felt so normal. And I think that was more to protect myself actually. It's not that I didn't want to photograph people with masks, but I just didn't want a reminder of this awful time. Yeah. And so, um, so street photography for me, I really hasn't been on the streets at all since March. I was in Lisbon. That was the last workshop I did. I had been to Europe already four times by March and, um, and, and then it all kind of stopped. I had to cancel or postpone the rest of the year. Uh, work, all the workshops were filled uh, through November. And uh, it's the first time I ever have to cancel a workshop in 10 years, who knew it was gonna be because of a pandemic. That's, that's <laughs> the last thing I ever could imagine. Um, but um, so it's been challenging, but then again, you can you can photograph I can photograph in a very minimalist way, too, uh, where you don't have to be close to people. You can photograph people in silhouettes where it's, uh, you know, you're quite far away. So I never just adjusted my... my focal length i'm still i I never stopped shooting at 23 millimeter uh but my approach shifted a little bit and i worked on some projects during the pandemic where i photographed uh small business owners and uh around um the twin cities here st paul minneapolis which uh was good too you know wanting to use my storytelling skills to highlight some some small businesses during the pandemic, and because uh, I think we all needed to be, we all needed that social time. Yes, it's so strange to be, um, to be so you know to walk ten feet from people, and and even when you meet your friends, you have to stay so far from them. It's so unnatural. And, um, I think we're all craving social interaction. So no matter how it is, you know, with, with the mask and far away, at least it was about people and photographing people. And that really helped me a lot because it's, it it's been difficult for everyone. Um, and, uh, and, and when you're, <laughs> when you're an extrovert, I think it's even more difficult. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I... I could imagine. It's. I mean, I can't imagine. I. I, I because I'm. I'm quite introverted. <laughs> I. uh yeah. I just dream <laughs> one, that of being an extrovert. You guys seem to have so much more fun. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not this year. <laughs> yeah, th- this year's a bit Feels difficult.
0: <laughs> um, but man, did I shine! <laughs> <laughs> um, what are. What are some of your favorite lessons in, in your book? Um, I think one of my favorite lessons that I'm looking for uh, forward to uh, is playing in the rain. I love reflections. Uh, I, I love being able to capture... Uh, I love the way light reflects off uh, rainwater and uh, off the streets. That is something that uh, really speaks to me Um, and I can't wait to try that. Um, what are some of your favorite lessons that, uh, that, that you loved, including in in the book? And, uh,
1: well, I mean, they're all pretty special because, and, and each lesson has samples of my work. So I actually worked, uh, I kind of worked this book in reverse where I found the picture. Then I made an exercise out of it. Um, Instead of having all the exercises, oh, that's interesting. Because I, I had to illustrate it with my own work. So right, um, and so humor, humor is probably one of the most difficult assignment you're ever gonna do as a street photographer because humor on the street has to be quite subtle. It's not making fun. It's not roll on the floor funny. That's easy. It's not ridicule because you see ridicule all the time on the street. Uh, but that is not what the street photography humor is. It's a lot more subtle than that. And so that's a pretty difficult exercise because first, I mean, it's hard to see, and then you have not only to see it, but capture it in a meaningful way. And so that one is probably one of the toughest assignments. Um, and, uh, I don't know, they're all, they're all pretty special. And, uh, and some are, and, and and the thing is too, you know, if one exercise is boring, just don't do it. Just keep, just skip and do the next one. It's really, the the book is really meant to be fun. Yeah. And and so far, so good. I I've, mean, I've, it's been, uh, the e-version as, as, you know, people from all over the world have actually, uh, Sent me emails and feedback on it, and they loved it. Even during, I I didn't write it for a pandemic. You know, I actually started writing it just before. And, uh, do I need to change? (laughs) Do I need to change some things? Because some of them you have to get really close to people, but it's like, no, because the pandemic is temporary and this book will last for a long time. So, uh, but at first, you know, I was writing some of the exercises that are impossible to do this year, but that's okay. People can do those in a few months. Absolutely.
0: And there's still plenty of other exercises in there that will allow you to keep your distance and, Mm -hmm. um, and be subtle. In fact, it's a great exercise in uh, training yourself to be subtle because of, uh, of, of, of how people are interpreting photography nowadays and, um, just trying to be low key is, uh, is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the, uh, th- that you feel is the most difficult tasks to accomplish with, uh, street photography? Like what, what do you have in your assignments you think is the the most challenging to kind of, uh, master? With, with, with this profession?
1: Well, um, I think the one thing I, I think that's missing is in what I see, and, and I do a lot of critiques, and I judge a lot of competitions, and it's just that um, people that are discerning enough. Not everyone... Um, is going to make an interesting subject and um, so it's really about visualizing like if you see a great light for example or a great backdrop and you're going to wait a few minutes until somebody comes through that amazing light you can't settle if the light is that amazing why would you want to waste it with a boring subject so I find that people People are often not patient enough or discerning enough and they'll settle. You know, there's, they have this amazing backdrop, there's amazing light. And then boom, the first person that comes through, click the shutter, click the, click the shutter and then move on. Well, chances are that wasn't even worth a shutter click and it ruined a perfectly good backdrop or a perfectly good light. So I prefer not to click the shutter, than click, click it on a boring subject. Yeah. Um, and, and I find that often they, they, photographers get it. I mean, they see the light, they see the potential for a great shot and they're so excited about the, the light or the background or the, the the whole, the whole setting that anyone that is coming through that is going to work, but it's not. And so, um, because you're not going to make a good shot every day. It's impossible. You're not going to have a keeper every time you hit the streets. You're going to have some okay shots, but a good picture, a truly good picture that you can share, that is worthy of sharing or potentially printing, yeah, that's not going to happen every day or every week. It, it is – It is. if it if you think you have a keeper every day, then you set the bar way too low uh, because mm-hmm. it's just not possible. It's not a strong enough photograph. So it takes a lot of – of a lot of experience, a lot of time on the streets to, um, to become a really deliberate and discerning photographer. So, um, don't settle, just always envision what is going to make the strongest possible photograph. Maybe something better even will come along, but just don't settle for mediocre. Mediocre should never even be in our vocabulary as photographers. That's my, my two cents there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It is, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, uh, How would, so I agree with you. Mediocre shouldn't be in our vocabulary, but in this day and age of uh, of likes and uh, immediate gratification, how does one know that they're not mediocre? Um, For example... You could post stuff on Instagram and and you're getting the feedback that you want. Uh, So a lot of times uh, people don't know that they're not being uh, living up to their fullest potential. Uh, What ways can they uh, move forward in in advancing and, and getting that necessary feedback that they need?
1: Well, first of all, you should never shoot for an audience. I mean, street photography is something you do for yourself anyways. You're not shooting for a client. So you should really shoot for yourself. Well, what it comes down to it, as long as it makes you happy, that really is all that matters. So uh, even if it's not that great, but you're happy doing it, hey, go for it. If you really want to grow, you should get feedback from people. People whose work you actually admire. There are a lot of different ways to do this. Um, people who um, people who like to be in um, super close to people or um, or like in people's face, for example, would never want me to critique their work because that's just not my style of work. So then you you want to have your work seen by somebody whose work you like and that's really important and we it's very subjective anyways so um so if you uh, you should have if you want to grow in the in street photography you should have your work critiqued once in a while It doesn't have to be every month, but like once a year to see how you're making progress. Somebody who's going to tell you, "Okay, this is really good. This you can really work on. You know, it's kind of building blocks anyways. If you really want to grow, some people just happy doing it for them. And who cares if people like it or not? You should really do it for yourself anyway. So don't shoot for an audience because you're never going to grow if you shoot for an audience. Because it's pretty easy to know what the audience is going to react to. And I know perfectly if I, if I post, uh, when I post on Instagram, I, I know which pictures are going to get more likes than others. And they're usually not the ones that have the most merit or are even um, that difficult to capture. Um, I just know what people will respond to. And they're not, they're not usually my favorites pictures either so so that's why it's important to shoot for yourself and then uh, get your work critiqued once in a while if you want to pursue this and get better so that um in every time you you get a critique or you attend a workshop you're gonna learn one or two really important um nuggets of information if i can call it call it that or and and that that's going to build on and on. And that's what's fascinating um, when I, I teach workshops all over. And a lot of my students come to different locations. So I, I've, I've seen some students eight, nine times um, in the past 10 years. So you you watch and you see the growth and uh, they get better. But But they get better by defining their own style and finding their own voice, not by not by shooting for an audience. Yeah, if that makes sense.
0: I Perfectly. Think. That that is a great takeaway from this, uh, and yeah, it, it it is words to live by.
1: <laughs> well, it's just you. It's so much freedom when you actually do this for yourself, um, and and shoot for yourself, and make makes you happy, and and you don't care if people are gonna like it or not. It, it feels pretty good. It's, it's a lot of pressure to please to, to please an audience. So
0: Yes. And it's one of those things where uh, you got to ask yourself, even if I'm not getting paid for this, even if no one's buying prints or anything like this, doing this for free, is this good enough for me? Uh, and, and knowing that, even if it means forever, will I still do this to, to kind of uh, really emphasize the passion in, in, in oneself?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and then knowing that, I, I think, will, will, will drive one to be better. Be, and in that case, when, when they become better, they'll become, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, more successful. Whatever success <laughs> yeah. is for that individual.
1: And when it comes down to it, you know, street photography is something you do for the love of people and humanity. And what drives you is actually being out there on the streets documenting life. If you have a keeper at the end of the day, great. If you don't, you're not going to be disappointed. And that's when you know that is really your thing. Uh, It's more about uh, being out there and roaming those streets getting lost on purpose and seeing the beauty of everyday life than it is about the final photograph. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: What are some final thoughts that you'd like to instill into folks, uh, purchasing your, uh, your book? Um, what would you like them to take away and, um, you know whether they're starting their journey in street photography or uh, they're seasoned professionals in street photography. What is the one thing that you want people to take away from uh, from this publication?
1: Well, it's really to just uh, to to have fun. It, it really, uh, I I wrote this book for people to. Um, to take with them on their next photo walk, choose something, have fun, and learn. Um, and it's not about pressure. It's not a, It's definitely not about social media pressure. Um, it's really about doing something. They uh, discovering something that they can do um, anywhere, anytime. I mean, that's the thing about being a. a a documentary photographer because I hate the word street photography because it doesn't have to be on the street. So really right. documentary photographer is something you can do anywhere. And if you fall in love with it, you'll never be bored. I mean, you're, in a, you're on a train, you have your camera, you're at the airport, your camera's out and you're documenting moments of everyday life. And when you freeze that moment, so beautiful. It can be so beautiful, and um, it's an important job. I think people should take it, um, have fun, but also take it quite seriously because um, what those photographs will have a historical value someday in the future. I mean, when we look at the work of some uh, the street photographers from the 1950s or even earlier, we learn a lot. Yeah. And so um, my hope is that people learn from, you know, the work I produce and others produce f- from our time period right now. So I think it's important.
0: So on a lighter note, I want to say that uh, the the photos that you use as your examples are, are quite striking. They, they, they are gorgeous. Um, how many years of photography do you have represented in, in in this book like how long did it take you first of all how long did it take you to make this book uh, because you said you 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 had to get the lessons from your own uh, work and you based it off of your work how long did it take you to to make this and what are some of your favorite photos that made it to this book for the intention of this book
1: um well the photographs are probably from the past five years. I didn't go very far back <laughs> because uh, <laughs> it was just, you know, they were fresher in my memory. And so I kind of knew it was like, okay, sun, uh, uh, silhouette with a sunburst. Okay. These are my some uh, two or three that could work. Then I would pick one or two. And so um, it took me about three months to put the book together. It just, um, it seems like uh, <laughs> I it was uh, it was going to be a lot shorter, but then the pandemic <laughs> hit, and then I kind of had a pause there. It's like, oh,
0: and a little bit more knew- free time to work on this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and actually, I write my books on airplanes because I travel so much. So I was like, oh, i would have to actually write this one at a at a desk. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, and so um, yeah, it's about the the pictures. I don't think they're much older than five years a lot of them are probably from the past three years um and yeah some of yeah some of my favorite shots are in there absolutely but um there are some that I don't care for but they illustrate a point so I use them so um yeah it's kind of a mix it was really about illustrating um illustrating the assignment so it's pretty much assignment technique tips sample that's pretty much how it is for each each assignment
0: right on and mm-hmm. finally i gotta ask um with your discussion uh, and emphasis on getting it right in camera uh with your fuji cameras is there a particular film sim that you enjoy using the most or are you uh really big into the the raw photography
1: no, nope, I shoot. I haven't shot a raw file in seven years. <laughs> uh, I shoot JPEG because I really. As first of all, I'm a street photographer. I'm not gonna, you know, work on my pictures. I'm not gonna change skies or clone or do yeah. this or that. So, um, they. Uh, a lot of them are straight out of camera. Um, I shoot Acros yellow filter and classic chrome for color. Um, that's it. I don't uh, change that. I, I do the settings in camera, usually um, highlights up one, shadows up one, and a oh, plus one, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, and I play with exposure compensation all day, uh, and uh, that's the dial that gets the most workout. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I, I tr- the goal is to never spend more than five seconds on any Keeper. Uh, in post-processing. And post-processing. And basically all I do is um, adjust the exposure slightly if necessary. Straighten a vertical, the verticals if there is distortion that's that's uh, unpleasant. And then add a little vignette or clarity if need be. And that's about it. Yeah. It's like a three slider thing. Um, I use very little of Lightroom. <laughs> I don't really need Lightroom actually. I could probably do it all on... Uh, The app on my phone that came with the phone.
0: I mean, when you're getting it right in camera, there's no need to go crazy with the heavy, heavy guns.
1: Actually, there is one one assignment in there that is um, just that. Oh, what's uh, that? uh, Get uh, get a picture and do not touch it at all in post-processing. And I actually posted one of the pictures that it just as is. But a lot of my pictures are just straight out of camera because it's straight photography. There is a story. There is no story. There's nothing you're going to do in post-processing that's going to turn a bad picture into a good one. So um, it's only going to turn a good picture into a slightly better one by, you know, adding a little vignette or something like that, but that's all you can do. So yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. Well, Valerie, I mean, I love this book and I have spent this weekend Uh, reading various uh, exercises. And I absolutely can't wait to give this a try with uh, Christmas in in full effect. um,
1: Good. (laughs) It it
0: is something that I'd love to just go out and, and, uh, again, the the one I'm looking forward to the most is uh, the reflections and and the rainwater. And a lot of our uh, downtown areas get that, melted snow look Mm -hmm. and and on the cobblestone of certain towns uh granted there's going to be a lot more distancing and and i have limited time to do it but um yeah uh as long as uh i'm safe and following the rules this is going to be a lot of fun and yes i absolutely cannot wait till uh, everybody is gets their shots and we can.
1: I know, give me that shot now. I want, I want, I want to be able to get out again.
0: I, you know, I'll, I'll be as close to first as, in line as, as I'm able to, and I, I can't wait to see the party that happens. Yeah. Um, knock on wood because the, the last thing I want 2021 to do is say, Hold my beer to 2020. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: but uh, but thank you so much, Valerie. It, it truly well, thanks, is an honor Mark for having me. It truly is an honor to talk to you. Um, and, and, you know, I, what I'd love to do is have you back on the show sometime next year just to talk sure. about some of your favorite uh, times doing street photography, because I'm sure there are many stories that uh, you can share uh, in, in your adventures and um but in the meantime, have a wonderful holiday and, and thank you so much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you. Au revoir.
0: Oh, wait, before we go, how... how, how... Silly of me. Um tell the world where they can find you on the web. Where where are oh, some of the places yep. that they can... easy? <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that part.
1: Um <laughs> uh, Valeriejardin.com, V A L E R I E J A R D I N. And that's where you'll find me on Instagram as well. And everything is linked. Um, my podcast and my books and blogs and teaching classes and workshops, everything is on the on the website, valeriejardin.com.
0: Right on, and everybody should go check it out. Uh, see her work. Uh, buy all the books. Um, <laughs> great stocking stuffers for for everybody. Uh, if you're still looking, uh, everybody can be a street photographer. So everybody buy the books. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Val- Valerie, and we'll we'll talk soon.